I am set free. If you can say amen to that, I want you to say it real loud this morning. I am set free, amen? amen. I believe that fits so well into our conversation this morning about where are the nine and the freedom, the one fall he had and came back and was celebrating. Uh, I'm Pastor Corby, uh, youth pastor here at Man MBSC, and it's a privilege to be here this morning and to share a few moments with you, and, and we welcome you here. If, you knew, if you're new this morning, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're, we're, if you've been here since you were born, uh, we're also glad you're here as well. So it's, it's great to be here and gather. It's a few things. We, we're entering a really busy season, aren't we? It's the holidays. We've got Thanksgiving and Christmas and all this stuff coming up, and so there's a lot going on. Uh, not only here at, at church, but also in our homes and, and our communities and workplaces. And, and so uh, I just want to give a few reminders. Uh, we've been packing a pantry all month of November, and if you see in the lobby the table full of canned goods and dry goods and all kinds of stuff. Please don't bring fresh food in here. It'll smell the lobby up real quickly. Uh, so uh, there's a list in your bulletin. There's a list uh, uh, somewhere so you can see. Uh, but we'd love for you to continue to bring, to bring food in uh, for the Man on Food Bank and Pantry. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we're going to spend some time focusing on the importance of being grateful and gratitude, and Pastor Dustin will be coming, and, and he's going to be asking this question, and, and for Gratitude Sunday, we'd like to provide some opportunity for you to share, uh, anyone in the congregation who wants to come to a microphone and share. So uh, the bold question is what we want you to think about this week, uh, share a recent personal encounter you've had with God's mercy grace and or provision. So next week, that's going to be the question that's going to be on the table for you to answer and respond to. So you can be thinking and praying about that this week. Uh, another thing that's coming up in, in a few weeks is uh, the Christmas tree lighting on Mannheim Square. Uh, we as a church are, uh, are leading this event this year. We've been asked to take, take leadership of it, and it's exciting, uh, and it's going to be a great opportunity. I'm calling it a Christmas uh, block party uh, on Mannheim Square, uh, and the square is closed down, and where it's a community event, so there's other organizations in the community that's going to be coming and participating in this, and so we encourage you to come and be a part of that on December 7th. It's, uh, it's 5 to 6.30, uh, and hopefully it's not so cold, uh, but we're going to enjoy some, some time together in our community. Okay, so this morning, uh, we're con- concluding uh, our series that we've been calling Jesus Asks. And this series is all about asking, uh, talking and looking at questions that Jesus asked throughout his ministry here on earth. And we've had a good journey, and we've, we've explored, and we've been challenged, and, and this morning we want to just look at one more question uh, that he asked. And I want to give you a heads up. In a few minutes, maybe about eight, five, eight minutes or so, I'm going to be asking for 11 volunteers. And so uh, this is kind of you, your, your, the time for you to begin preparing yourself. Are you willing to volunteer? Are you willing? Hey, Andy, you're on it, man. Okay, in, in a few minutes, you're, you're on, okay? Excellent. I'm excited. All right. Uh, so I'm going to be asking for volunteers. We want you to come up, and we're going to just do some fun. Uh, this passage, I think, really pre- presents itself for a fun little spontaneous melodrama. So, all right. Uh, let me just real quick, before we get into uh, an opening illustration, uh, just turn our hearts to our Lord in a prayer. So would you join me as I pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, this morning. Uh, God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come and gather as a family uh, and be in your presence and sing songs and, and, and recognize the freedom that we have in you. Uh, God, it is such a glorious thing. Lord, may we uh, as a church uh, be encouraged and challenged. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move through this place this morning. 
Uh, and God, as we enter the, the season of holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the stuff that's, uh, that's before us over the next few weeks, uh, may we slow down long enough to recognize the true meaning and what we're grateful for and, and why we celebrate uh, Christmas. And Lord, may, we, may our hearts and minds be drawn to you over and over again. And may we not forget the freedom we have in you and the healing, the ultimate healing that you've given us through your son. God, we love you and we give you praise this morning. Amen. All right, I want to I just uh, give a brief illustration to maybe set the table for the passage this morning and kind of the, 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 the core of what I'm getting at this morning. A few weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Jen, my wife, and Logan, my, my son, and I, we went to uh, a banquet uh, at Eden Resort. Uh, it was put on by Atalo, which is uh, a, a, a organization that's coming into the high school and they offer this leadership training for 11th grade students and so Logan was invited to to be a part of this thing and they were putting doing this kickoff banquet and so we thought we should go and 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 see what it is and maybe learn a little more about the what this program was and so we we get to Eden Resort and you know you've you've most of us, if not all of us, have gone to banquets before, and you know what it's like. You enter a large room, and there's tables, and, and we got there, and you, you know how it is. Uh, some of the, all the tables have, are partially full, right? And so now the, the introverts in the room, like myself, are like, this is like horrible, right? Now I got to go and like find a, ta- a, a table where I may know a couple people, but most likely I don't know anyone at the table. And so uh, this is hard. So we find a table uh, that's, that there's some people at the one end that we know, but the other end with people we don't know, uh, as three seats. So we sit down at that table and I think, well, okay, we'll, we'll get through this, all right? We're, we're going to push through and we'll make it work. And, and I'm sitting there and, you know, the awkward kind of, like we don't really know these people and you kind of make some, some casual conversation but don't really talk a whole lot. And, and, and so we're kind of stuck there, right? And until the banquet's over. And, and here's a confession from, from your pastor, right? I'm low-key judging the person beside me. All right, low key. Like it's just like subtle. All right, all right. And so he's sitting there. He's like complaining, being sarcastic about the fact that the banquet's on a Sunday night, and he'd rather be at home in his sweatpants watching football. Uh, he's critical of the waiters and waiter- waitresses for not filling up his water glass fast enough, and he's just making these comments. And in my head, I'm like, okay, well, uh, making stories up to kind of figure out who this guy is. He's, his hair is a little longer. And I'm thinking maybe he was a hippie as a as a teenager, and so uh, so all this stuff going on in my head, right? Uh, not really talking to him, kind of. Like listening to him and his family, his daughter and his wife, they call, talking a little bit, but just kind of making these stories up. Finally, get to uh, kind of introductory stuff, get through a, a large game of rock, paper, scissors with a lot of people I didn't know, and again, not like real great for an introvert, uh, so moving around. Uh, but we, we make it through, right? We, they do an introduction, we finally get to the food. Thank goodness we get to the food, right? But we're all waiting for it the whole time. All right, so we, we get our food, we sit down, and you know, I proceed to kind of begin eating. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the daughter put her hands up kind of like this. Uh, and after a moment, the dad kind of leans in, they hold hands, and he prays out loud at the table for, his, for the meal. And I'm, I'm, sit, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, wait a minute, let me in on that. I, I'll pray with you. Uh, but um, and, and immediately I'm like, Conviction sets in, right? Like, I, and I was like, "Wow!" 
Like, this, here's this, this family that I've been sitting here not really engaging with in a whole lot and not really having conversation. Not once did I bring up Jesus. Not once did I ask them if there was any faith in their life. Not once did I do anything. And here all of a sudden they're praying. And, I, and then they get done praying and I was like, thank you for doing that. I, I, I say, thank you for praying with your family. I should have done that. You convicted me a little bit. And he apologized. And he's like, they feel that no matter what or where, they need to get, be grateful for, to God for what he's provided. And so I shared that story because I think in that moment, in that moment, I was one of the nine. The passage this morning we're talking about is that Jesus asked the questions, where, where are the nine? And I think in that moment, I was one of the nine because I sat there quietly, secretly being a follower of Jesus, but not publicly doing what I'm called to do and actually engage in the conversation, engage in sharing gratitude for the freedom, for the healing that I've experienced. Unfortunately, I believe that too many of us live our lives that way. Too many of us live our lives, our day-to-day, is just kind of going about our daily routines and not actually giving God the gratitude, not actually publicly saying what we believe and do. All right, so this is where I need my volunteers. All right, 11 people. Andy, come on. Jake, come on. 11 people. Bill, come on. All right, don't be shy. I, I promise you I will give you everything you need to be successful up here. All right, Jake, man, this is, this is a great cast. It's a great cast. Uh, Jake, you're doing a great leper. Thank you. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, come on. Students, come, come on. Timmy. Tiana, good job. Come on, you, you're my excellent. All right, this is what, come on over. Come on over. Yeah, here, come, come up on stage. All right, who's going to be Jesus? Bill. He's got the beard. Jesus wears a robe. As you come up, grab one of these rags and, and, and wrap them up because you're the lepers. All right, the lepers, we, we probably think that they're going to be all wrapped up in clothing and rags. And All right, do we have 10 lepers yet? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, we got 11. That's okay. We'll get extra. All right. Hey, hey, Bill, as Jesus, I want you to, after you get a robe one, walk back to the middle of the hallway here. Okay. All right, excellent. Thank you. You guys, your nose fell off. All right. Okay, so... A little spontaneous melodrum. We're going to look at the, 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 the passage a little bit and try to have fun. You, you can cough. Just don't get close to me because you're unclean, right? Okay. All right. So we know, all right, based upon reading Scripture and, and what we, we know about lepers is, all right, lepers would have been considered unclean, right? They would have been removed from society. They would have been put off somewhere. They were outcasts. They, they were like not allowed to get close to anyone and, and they had to say what when people came close to them. You are, you're in it. What did they have to say? Unclean. All right, all of you together, real loud, holler unclean multiple times. Unclean. Unclean. All right, beautiful. You guys are great. You guys are great. Thank you. All right, all right. So we find out from this passage later on that there's, of these 10, there's nine Jewish people, Jewish and one Samaritan, right? And so what we, have, what we begin to realize is the fact that there, there's the, the Jews and the Samaritans did not like each other. But based upon the fact that they all have, some, have leprosy and they're all outcasts, they've, they've found commonality in the fact that they are, they're like outcasts. And the, their cultural differences and the fact that they really didn't like each other when they were back in normal lives uh, didn't matter anymore because they, they were unified in the fact that they all had leprosy. Other character. Great job, Bill. You're... Bill's Jesus back there. All right, you look great. All right, so we find out from past. I'll tell you what to move soon. We find out in the past that Jesus is traveling, right? 
he's going back to Jerusalem. And we believe that maybe he was in Ephraim visiting friends and, and he was traveling around and his journey is taking him back to Jerusalem. Well, we know that he would, what? He would die on the cross bringing ultimate forgiveness and, and healing to all of mankind. He would suffer a, a tragic death, a, an awful death for all of us. And in that we all gain healing that these men experience, right? And so Jesus traveling through Samaria Unlike all the other Jewish people, right? All normal Jewish people, they would go around Samaria because they didn't want to get close to the Samaritans, the people they despise. But, they, but Jesus, he goes through Samaria. He goes by them. He's okay with going through this place. All right, so Jesus is coming to this area, and we, we have to assume, right, that these lepers knew about Jesus, had heard about what he was doing, had heard that he has the ability to to heal people, raise people from the dead, and they were probably super excited about the fact that Jesus was coming close, right? You guys excited about Jesus coming here? Yeah. All right, excellent. All right, so that's, that sets the stage, right? So we're going to read the passage again, and we're going to act, these, my cast is going to act it out a little bit, all right? All right, so Bill, you can start walking for, towards us because you're making your way to Jerusalem. On his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered the village, okay, that's good right there, all right? He was met by ten lepers, okay, who stood at the distance and raised their voices saying, what did he say? Did he say unclean? unclean? No, no, you're wrong. Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Okay, Jesus, have mercy on us. All of you, all, all at once, raise your voices saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus, have mercy on us. Again, I'm sure they said it more than once. All right. All right, who's the Samaritan? I forgot to pick a Samaritan. You got, you're a Samaritan? Okay, excellent. All right. All right, so, okay. Jesus comes to them and he says what? This is your line, Bill. Go and show yourself to the priest. Go. Show yourselves to the priest. All right. At that point, the Samaritans walk off. Wherever you think the priest is, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, you can kind of just meander yourself this way because you're continuing on to Jer- Jerusalem. And then one of them saw, okay, listen. Do you think they would just be like meandering back like that? Or would they be like excited because what's happening as they're walking, right? They're seeing their noses growing back on. They're seeing their fingers coming back on because it's a skin disease. They would have lost a lot of stuff, right? So in joy and gratitude, you're throwing the rags off, right? You're, you're, you're running to this. Yes, yes, that's right. All right. And then the Samaritan, my Samaritan, you come back, right? My Samaritan, you come back and you're, you're doing what, right? Thank you, yes. All right, giving praise to Jesus because you've been saved, right? Giving thanks for the loud voice. And then Jesus says, to, says this. It's on the screen, Bill, if you need. All right, excellent. Thank you. All right, let's give our, our cast a round of applause. It's fantastic. You guys are awesome. All right, uh, I, I feel like sometimes we, we need to make the, the scripture some fun and engaging sometimes, and that's why I do something like that. And, and another reason is I'm a youth pastor and I do that kind of stuff, right? So, all right. So I want to just spend a few moments looking at a few of the phrases that were, were mentioned in the passage and maybe kind of unpack it a little bit and, and, and give a little bit of explanation of why I think it's said. So the first one, Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. Go and show yourselves to the the priest. You know, from, we know from Jewish law that the priest was the only one that could declare the lepers clean. 
They had to go and show themselves to the, to the priest, and, and he would declare clean or unclean. And then once they were declared clean by the priest, they were then allowed to go back to their normal living. They could go back to their families. They were no longer outcasts, and they were allowed to engage into whatever it is they were allowed, they were doing before. So the fact that Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest, wasn't a weird request. It, wasn't, it wasn't, wouldn't have been odd for them to be like, well, this, why would he tell us to do that? It would have been very normal because they knew that they, that's what they needed to do. That was what the law and regulations would have told them to do. But I think there is a little bit of an, a, a trust factor that goes in here, though, right? Because Jesus didn't say, you are healed, now go and show yourself to the priest. He just says, go, right? There had no, no healing had occurred yet. Nothing, no like fingers grew back on. No, nothing had changed. It wasn't until they were beginning to walk and make their way to as they went that they actually began to experience the healing. And as I'm sure there was joy and, 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 and uh, just unbelievable feelings as they walked. As they went was the next phrase. As they went. All right? Again, joy. I can imagine these ten lepers uh, just uh, so excited about the fact that as they walked, they were able to look at each other and see the, the healing occurring and, uh, and imagine, uh, imagining it was happening quickly enough that it was like before their eyes they were being restored. I wonder if some didn't run to the priest wanting, like Andy, pick me, go first, right? I want to be the first one to the priest so that if I get declared clean, I can go back and re-engage with what, I wanted, what I've miss, been missing out on for the past Whoever, however long it's been. It's one though, right? The one, the Samaritan, who realizes that they don't, she, they don't need to go to the priest. They don't need to go to the priest. And there, there's this recognition that I should go back to Jesus. I should go back to the one who, who gave me the healing that I've just experienced. Charles Spurgeon writes this. He, he, did, a, he did a sermon on this passage and he wrote this about the one that returned. says this, This is God's work. And if we are to go and thank God in the temple, I think we ought to first go and thank God in the man who has done us this benefit, the man Christ Jesus. I have received such a favor that I, have, that I never could repay it. Even if I counted out my blood, life's blood in drops, and therefore I will go back to him, fall at his feet, and adore his, him as God, seeing he has worked a divine work in me. It's powerful words, powerful thoughts to think that this, this Samaritan, this one, recognized who had done the healing. He gets back and he said, and Jesus asked the question, where are the other nine? Where are the nine? It is, is it possible that the other nine being Jewish were so caught up in Jewish laws and regulations and doing the things the right way, the customs, that they didn't even think about the fact of what actually just happened. The magnitude of, uh, of the fact that Jesus, the Messiah, the one they've been waiting for, had just healed them. Jesus, the Messiah, in person, had said, had, had given healing. For them, leprosy was normal. It was not a thing that they wanted to live with anymore. So they knew they needed to go to the priest and he would declare them free from the disease. Only the Samaritan, only the Samaritan is the one who, 
who was able to see that they didn't need to go to the priest. He wouldn't have been raised with the same rules and regulations and customs that the Jewish did. He would have been able to see that, hey, this was this Jesus, the one who just saved us, he is the high priest. He is the Savior. He is the one that we should go and give gratitude to. So the Samaritan goes back. The foreigner goes back and gives praise for what has just happened. And Jesus' response to, to, the, to, the, to the one that comes back is, is your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. This statement insinuates that this man had not only received a physical healing, but also a spiritual healing. There was a change in heart. There was a spiritual healing that had, had pulled him from death to life. There's freedom that occurred. Charles Spurgeon in the message continues to say this about this statement. How many are there in this house of God whose sins have been forgiven? They owe to Christ a healing far more wonderful than that of being cleansed from leprosy. The Lord has made them clean. They are saved from death and hell, but of the saved people in the world, how many there are who never make even open profession of their being saved at all? How is it that they bring no glory to God? Purchased with Christ's blood, why do they not own what they are, that they are his? Being one with him secretly, why do they not become one with him publicly? He said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. O you nine, where are you? O you nine, where are you? Where are the nine? That's the question we're asking this morning. I sat at that dinner table a few weeks ago. I believe as one of the nine. I, I sat there secretly believing and knowing that I had faith in Jesus Christ, but not publicly being willing to declare it or even say it until the door was opened by the other individual. And I truly believe that, that for many of us we, who have experienced the freedom of healing through the blood of Jesus Christ, we live our lives out day to day just kind of going about our normal routines, kind of going about the customs and the religious expectations and whatever it is, and we never actually publicly say, this is who I believe in. This is why I am grateful for the freedom that I have. This morning, I want to to challenge you as a church, challenge us as a church that we need to live our lives differently. We need to publicly declare the freedom that we have and be grateful for the healing that we've all experienced through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I recognize this morning there may be some here that haven't yet experienced that freedom, haven't yet experienced the healing of the blood of Jesus Christ, and I want to provide an opportunity for you to do that this morning. And so if you're here this morning and, and you've never uh, fought, put your faith and trust in Jesus, it's just simple. It's just believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And it's, it's recognizing that you've, you're, you're full of sin and, you're, and the sin has, is a disease that you are unable to, to be cured of. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins and, and in doing so provided a way of freedom, a way of healing for every one of us. And we just need to believe that Jesus did, did that for us. So believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Romans 5, 8 says this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For your sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, 
so that in him we might become righteousness of God. So this morning, if you are still living with the disease of sin, please, I beg you to not leave this place without considering the healing power of the blood of Christ. Will you join with me as I say a word of prayer? Lord Jesus, we come to you now with gratitude. We praise you for the fact that you bring healing, a healing that is far greater than any uh, physical sickness, but it's a healing of the heart. It's a healing from sin and death and hell. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to pour out on us uh, the gratitude and the desire to go into the world and share that openly and publicly with a desire that those around us are in our neighborhoods and our sports teams and our, and our workplaces and our families who do not yet know that love and that freedom, that they would see it in us and that we would be able to share it with them. Lord, if there's anyone in this room, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in their hearts and that they would be, uh, have a desire to believe in you. And if you're here this morning, I ask that you just pray out in your minds the, the words of Lord Jesus, I believe that you've died on the cross for my sins and I want to follow you. Forgive me for, for what I've done and come into my life and reign supreme and thank you for the healing that you've brought to me. God, for those of us in this room who, who do know you, I ask that you would just continue to give us a confidence and a courage to go out and live for you each day. May we publicly declare the gratitude and the glory of your name to those around us. Lord God, you are good. Just pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to close with one more song. Glorious day. It's a powerful song. The lyrics are fantastic, talking about the freedom we have in Jesus. And if you are here this morning and you want to come front and pray with the prayer team about anything that's on your heart, feel free to do that during that song. If you're here this morning and, and you are make, have made a profession of faith this morning or want to make a profession of faith this morning, uh, believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, experience that healing, please, we invite you to come forward as well. And we want to celebrate with you. So join us and singing this song. Let's stand together.